Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's Thanksgiving week, so that means a lot of us will be hitting the roadways to visit family and friends. So I wanted to take this moment to talk about driving safety with Danny Perez from TechStot. Plus, while I have Danny, we're also going to chat about the I-45 expansion plan through downtown and how it's going to benefit H-Town. It's Monday, November 20th, 2023. I'm Rahil Ramzanali, and here's what Houston's talking about. Okay, Danny, it's Thanksgiving week, so that means families all over Texas are going to be driving to different cities and, you know, going to local houses and all that good stuff. So you are the pro here. What is the best day to leave for Thanksgiving Day trips? Is it that Wednesday? Are we leaving Tuesday, Thursday morning? Come on, tell me. Give me the pro tip here. If you have the time, go ahead and try to p- prepare and plan early. Earlier, the better. When everyone's trying to get on the road, I always say at the same time, you know, like you're going to Galveston, for example, and everyone's trying to get there at one o'clock or at noon, it's the worst time to go because everyone's trying to go at the same time. So try to travel where it's safe. Uh, I recommend leaving early. I When I go out of town, for example, I'm leaving at five in the morning. And right now we're, you know, it, it's getting, uh, we're getting that sunlight a lot earlier. So it's not such a bad idea to leave. You know, you can leave at five or six o'clock in the morning, get on the road early, beat that traffic, head over to your favorite spot, Bucky's, for example, whatever the case may be. And then you can get over and get to the destination that you need to get to. The best thing to do is to plan ahead, allow for extra time. Do not uh, try to get on the road. And then that's where where folks tend to get aggressive on the road because they're trying to get places and they're trying to make stops and and it just it's it becomes a, a a serious situation for folks where they're just it's more stress yeah it really is i did the san antonio drive on a wednesday at six o'clock the day before thanksgiving and danny i'm never doing that again all right i there was no other time i could leave the traffic built up of course and people were acting crazy i've never seen anything like that outside of you know like the hurricane moments and all that stuff but they're like feeders, whatever. We're just going through the grass. We're turning everything into a road. It was wild. Yeah, plan ahead. Always have a have a plan when you're trying to get on the roadways. And always look to know, know before you go to see if there's any any type of incident or any kind of road closures. Of course, mm-hmm. during the holiday time, we minimize any type of road closures unless it's an, a road emergency for uh, a repair or something like that. But for the most part, it's always a good idea to plan ahead and know before you go. Look at the traffic conditions. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we're going to talk about this 23-year-old deadly streak that we're aiming to end. But first, I want to start here with the big news of the I-45 expansion project through downtown. Why is this so badly needed? Tell me about it. So there's multiple issues. We have a freeway that's way beyond its uh, life expectancy. It's it's uh, with many parts of, of I-45, and especially that area in downtown dates back to the 60s. So we definitely are in the uh, process of upgrading that with this new project. And also, it's not just about widening. We do want to fix other issues. Uh, There's a lot of connectivity issues. 
you you have three major freeways in the downtown loop of I-69, I-10, and I-45. So we want to do is improve the connectivity between the freeways, but also straighten out some of the curvature that's taking place there on uh, I-69, for example. Um, there's there's different issues that we want to address in addition to the improving mobility, but also safety. So safety is really important with this project. So this project is it begins in the, the downtown area, what we call the downtown loop. And then we have that's segment three. Then we have segment two that's between downtown and 610. And then segment one is between uh, 610 and the North Beltway. So over time, it's not going to happen at one time. We're starting the southernmost part of the project uh, next year, for example. But that's only a small portion of the entire project. That's the, the segment three portion, uh, the, su- the southern portion. We're going to do some uh, reconfiguring of, of the I-69 and 288 main lanes, for example, mm. where all that weaves in. But it, this is gonna, going to be a, a, a long-term initiative. It's not just one project. It's multiple projects. We are calling it the North Houston Highway Improvement Project, but it's multiple projects that will take place over the next, uh, it can be anywhere from the next five to, to, to 10 years, even longer. It just depends on the on the section and the segment. Gotcha. And the community meetings are going to be starting up here in December. So you'll be talking right. to local homeowners and businesses and all that good stuff. How do you think this is going to impact local businesses and homes around downtown on these major freeways? So there'll, there'll be some impacts as far as when we do start construction, but we are working with the, the different folks, the different stakeholders. That's why we're having these meetings. Really important, not to just address their concerns about the, the construction, but also anything leading up to the concerns they have about right-of-way acquisition, for example. We are taking some property along the uh, the areas that are needed when we, we're doing the expansion parts. So therefore, you know, they're behind the George R. Brown, for example, in downtown. We're going to have some impacts there. So we want to make sure we're engaging the community, keeping them involved, and making sure that we're providing as much information as possible. But of course, if they have any feedback, anything that they have concerns about, we want to, we want to hear from them. So this is going to be a two-way communication, not just us talking to the folks in the community, but also it's a discussion. Let's, let's hear from you. Let's hear about those concerns and let's address those concerns as soon as possible. Now, you said this project is long-term and it could be from seven to 10 years for completion. So, you know, you got to promise me here, 10 years from now, it's going to be a lot easier getting to downtown, right? Because right now it is stressful, but this could fix some of those issues. Right. So we, we've we done some work, for example, uh, if you're familiar with coming up the, the Gulf Freeway, I-45, you're going northbound. There was a ramp that would lead you into downtown. It was a connector that would lead you into the downtown yeah. area. Well, we converted that into the, the connector to I-69, US-59, northbound and southbound. So we converted that. We've done some things in that area. Unfortunately, it's just not enough. There's We're at capacity. We're seeing the numbers continue to rise. We're seeing folks moving into the Houston area. So we're trying to address the growth, not just, uh, not just there in the downtown area, but along the corridor, 45 North, 45 South. We've done a lot of work in Montgomery County and um, 45 North. We're doing a lot of work now on 45 in Galveston County. But the big choke point that where the traffic tends to build up is in downtown. So we're working to address that. It's not going to be easy because any kind of impacts, uh, we're experiencing that now with our 69610 project, for example, any kind of impact, you close a lane, you close a, 
a connector ramp for an extended period, it's going to impact traffic. So the best thing to do, the best messaging for folks in the community is know before you go. We know it's going to impact the community, but it's going to get us to a good place. And yes, once we get to that point, we're not addressing just the growth of today, but also the growth of the future. But we're also looking at other initiatives along the uh, downtown area. We're looking at, we're we're doing some work on the new uh, SH-35 connectivity that's going to get you from 610 to near like the UH campus, for example. So we're working on different things, not just the 45 project, but other areas because we're seeing the growth in Houston. Folks aren't leaving. They're, 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 they're staying and they're, and they're coming. So we're trying to address that growth now. Okay. That's awesome. Can't wait to see how this all looks. You got to promise me on the spur 527, you guys are going to put permanent cones. So no more cutting. All right. On 59 North. Can we get that done, please? Well, we look at different, we look at different things, and that's where we, we when, when we look at projects, we're looking at actually setting those connections, the exit ramps. We're setting those further back, so folks will have to make a decision a lot further back rather than oh, at the last minute weaving over. So we're seeing a reduction in crashes when we do implement that those safety improvements. But yes, I mean we're hoping to we constantly look at areas where we not only address mobility but also address safety, and that's where the public comes in, okay. where they can do their part to help out. Uh, drive safely out there. Don't take chances. Yep. Don't take chances. And speaking of driving safely, TxDOT is partnering with local agencies and us, the Texas drivers, to end the streak of 23 years of deadly driving where we've had at least one death uh, a day on Texas roads. And there was a day we almost achieved it in February, but that day tragically did have one death. So the streak continues. Tell me about this streak that's been going on since November of 2000. So we looked at, we've, we always look at the data and we're looking at ways where we can improve safety. And someone noticed one day that the last time we had a fatality free day was in November 7th of 2000. And so we've come up with the, with the campaign. We always look at our different campaigns throughout the year. We're always promoting different campaigns, click it or ticket, texting and driving, drinking and driving initiatives during the holidays. But in the streak was a way of putting all of those initiatives under one umbrella and really pushing it out to the public that we really, we can all do our part to end the streak. It's not just putting your seatbelt on. It's not just not texting and driving. It's not just not being, it's everything. It's all mm-hmm. inclusive. So it's really important to do our part. And we're the ones that can change that. The motorists, I'm a motorist myself, even though I do work for TechStop, but I'm a motorist myself. So taking those things in consideration, do not drive aggressive, keep your emotions in check, um, do ne- never drink and drive. It's never a good idea. There's so many options now, even within the last 10, 15 years. I mean, you have rideshare programs. There's so many different things you can do. Um, stay, staying off the phones when you're driving. I see so many people that are just, they're on their phones. They're not paying attention. They're not focused. And that's when you have these serious crashes. I mean, it's, it's just, there's so much we can do to improve that. And unfortunately, the crashes that we're seeing are still the same situations. Folks aren't paying attention. They're passing red lights. They're getting into situations where they're, they're driving fast or driving aggressive. We see it all the time on the freeways. So that's why we ask folks just to do their part because we want to bring those numbers down. While the, the average person, maybe they don't see, they may see this, these issues on the news. They may see a news story. But uh, us in, te- in public safety, those who work for, for us, like for us in the, the Texas Department of Transportation, those who work for the Texas Department of Public Safety, those who work for the Houston Police Department, they're seeing these numbers daily. We get those numbers every day. We're seeing the impacts. Yeah. I'm very passionate about it because it impacts so many people. Over the weekend, you might have a, a number of fatalities, but that's a person that died. That's a person who was living their life and they lost their life. Maybe 
it was, uh, you know, it was an at fault crash. Maybe it wasn't an at fault crash, but nonetheless, that person's no longer with us. So we want to do our part to make sure we're saving lives. And it's all inclusive. It's everyone. We had a, one of our engineers was talking to some kids today and I, I told her, I urged her, like, tell the kids, tell mom and dad not to text and drive anything that we could do to get the message out. So we're talking to elementary school age kids that they're not driving yet, but they could be a vehicle for change. And so they can talk to their parents, say, hey, mom, don't text and drive. And I have, I've had kids tell, tell their parents or they've told me that I, my mom and dad text all the time when they're driving. I said, well, just let them know politely not to text and drive. So yeah, we can all do sure. our part. We can all do our part to make that change. You in the media, the folks that are out there, our great partners in the news media, folks that, that promote things, do podcasts, that do, uh, you know, do news reports, traffic reporters. We all ask them to, you know, to do their part, to push the word out. So we're really adamant about getting this message out because, yes, there are so many different messages people are getting about all kinds of initiatives. But getting home at the end of the day is really important. Getting home safely is really important. Yeah. And 83,000 people have lost their lives on Texas roads since that streak began. Right. In November of 2000. That's almost 12 roadway deaths a day. And that is just heartbreaking, right? A lot of these could be prevented. One step that I found really interesting in terms of the numbers, at least, was that 48% of the deaths happened because the person wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And I've been stressing this to my family so much. We actually tragically lost two members of our community because they weren't wearing seatbelts in the back. And that right there, like, even if you're an adult sitting in the backseat, please buckle up. Right. And like, there's different organizations. We work with several foundations in the Houston area that promote, because their family members have been the victims of, of, of tragic situations, texting and driving, drinking and driving, um, and folks that weren't wearing seatbelts. And it's really important because that's the one thing you can do that, that can just, it won't guarantee that you'll get out, you'll walk away from a crash, but it's going to put you in a better place. I've seen uh, in my previous experience, I worked for a law enforcement agency prior to TxDOT, and one of the things we would see is you would see a major crash. I mean, the car was crunched up, just looked like it. The, there was no way the person walked out of that, and they walked out unscathed because they had their seatbelt on. And I've seen minor, what you would consider a minor crash, didn't look more like a fender bender, and that person was had severe injuries or died. And so it just depends. It, you know, don't get focused on the severity of the crash use that seatbelt even if it's going even if you're going down the street just to go grab some you know some snacks at at the local convenience store if it's just a short trip you're going to pick up your kids at school you have to be the influence you know i i have a a teenager some people have teenagers that are coming up that are upcoming drivers they're learning by those patterns so they see you doing things like texting and driving not using your seatbelt guess what they're going to do so it's really important it's like the bad habits are infectious the good habits are infectious so getting that seatbelt on as soon as you get in the vehicle, just put it on. It's really that simple. And yeah. if you're in a vehicle with, with friends or someone that maybe they don't have a, the seatbelt's not working, then reconsider that trip because that really could be the difference between life and death. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Now, with so many parties going on uh, this week, of course, Thanksgiving, you've got friends and families coming over and all that good stuff. And drinking and driving is an issue this week. What are local agencies doing to step up to prevent drinking and driving this week? So we have, with TxDOT, we have several initiatives. We have our, what we call our STEP grants. And we give grants to law enforcement where they're going, they go out and, and for the most part work overtime. And that's multiple agencies. So our, we call them our, they're our friends. They're our partners in law enforcement. They're out there. Don't take the chance. It's not worth it. It's just, it's, it's risky. It's going to put you in a situation at, at, at worst. 
you know, you might get arrested, get put in jail. At the, you don't want it to get to the point where somebody winds up getting killed in a situation. You have to live with that for the rest of your life. You know, it, yeah. you, know it, it, you could get a ticket, you could get, you know, a, a fine, get get put in jail, get arrested. But it could, you know, we've seen it so many times where people didn't intend. They're not somebody that's that's a habitual person that drinks and drives, but then they get behind the wheel. They take a chance. Oh, you know, I've, I've done it before. I've gotten away with it and I made it home. Okay. That's not safe, but it just, I mean, it's a tragic situation all the way around. We see it all the time where, where someone got behind the wheel intoxicated and they wind up killing somebody. And it's just not, it's not a good situation at all. Yeah. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And beyond just the you know, tips of driving safer and not texting and driving and just being on the road, like the safety things that you mentioned, there are other ways listeners can help prevent deaths on the road and end the streak, right? Tell me about that. So there's different things you can do. One thing that we see quite often is speed. Speed, and that's what we're talking about earlier when you mentioned, or we talked about the the uh, traveling during the holidays. Plan ahead, allow for extra time, do not rush. Do not put your situation, you know, put yourself in a, in a rush. I'm a big sports fan. We go to the Astros games, Rockets games, Texans games. Well, if the game starts at noon, you're leaving at 11:30 is not a good idea. It's going to put you in traffic. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're going to drive aggressively because traffic is going to get backed up. So plan ahead. Arrive at 10 o'clock. Why not go hang out? Go, you know, you can walk around the stadium. There's different ways. Try to turn it into a funny. But I get to Minute Maid Park. Um, for Astros again, I get there two hours early to avoid the traffic. I'm not going to get stuck in a traffic queue. It's less stressful. I get into the stadium, no problem. So plan ahead. That's always the big thing. And and but not to, you won't lead to a situation where you're driving aggressive or you're speeding. That's where we see people uh, lose their lives or get into a serious car crash because they're speeding. The other thing too is it's just not texting and driving. That device that you have that people are so stuck to sometimes and connected mm-hmm. to, put it down. If you're one of those folks that you see a little notification, you look, maybe put the phone in, in the glove compartment, leave it there. Don't look at it. Yes. I mean, I grew up at a time when we didn't have cell phones. We had the landline. So, you know, we, and we got through, okay. We didn't, we, yeah. we had an emergency. You got home. Hey, there's, you know, that's when you got the notification that there, it's not, you don't always have to have your phone in hand while driving is definitely not a good idea. And, and same thing with pedestrians as well, right? We're seeing situations where pedestrians are, are walking and they're getting into situations where they're not paying attention and they walk into traffic. So always a good idea. Put the phone down. If you're in motion on a bicycle, uh, you're walking, you're driving, put the phones down. And the other thing we, we just ask folks is not to drink and drive. It's just, it's that simple. Do not get to get into a situation and then you're stuck. Plan ahead. Have a friend that's sober. Not a, We always say the person that's sober is not the person that's had the least amount of drinks. It's a person who hasn't had any kind of alcohol, any kind of situation. And that's a great friend because they're willing to, to, to look out for everyone. But that person is really important to have ahead of time, not at the last minute where you're calling your uncle or aunt or cousin at 2 o'clock in the morning pick, to pick you up. Plan ahead. Call them and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to the bar tonight or I'm going to this, we're going to this event. You mind picking us up? And, and having that plan, having that backup is really important. And, and the other thing I wanted to mention too is stay focused while you're driving. Um, definitely don't speed but, but and stand off the phones is keeping you focused. But there's other things that could be distracting. I've seen people with their animals. They have their cats. They have their dogs. Oh, yeah. that's, dis- that's a distraction. Um, turning the radio, looking down. If you drop something and you're trying to pick it up while you're driving, it's just always good to have the two hands on the steering wheel, stay focused, 
situational awareness, looking behind you. I had a person the other day I was driving and this, this person, thankfully I saw them in my rear view mirror coming up pretty fast. And I was able to move over because they got really close to hitting me, but that's that situational awareness. You're looking at your, you're looking at your mirrors. We take training at TechStot where we're always looking at our mirrors. We're looking around. So we've adopted that. We're supposed to do that while we drive a state vehicle, but we now have adopted that. Many of us have adopted that while we're in our personal vehicles because it's just a way to keep safe. So it's really important for folks to, to stay safe, stay focused, and make sure safety is always important. It's paramount. And if you see a relative or someone driving a little erratic, you don't have to get upset with them, but just let them know, hey, I'm not trying to be Mr. Miss Perfect, <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know that I saw you speeding. I saw you pass that stop sign back there. You may want to reconsider that. Just trying to prevent yeah. you from getting into a problem. The hashtag is EndTheStreakTX. I've also included a link in our show notes where you can download a sign and you know share it on social media so we can yes. get the word out there and really try to bring this number down to zero. That would be awesome. Right. Danny, thank you so much, man. We appreciate all the tips and all the information and uh, have a safe Thanksgiving and have a lot of fun. Right, thank you, brother. You're the best. I appreciate it. Y'all stay safe. That was TechStot's public information officer for the Houston District, Danny Perez. So how do you deal with distracted drivers? Now, there was a time where I would honk at drivers who were distracted, but look, I'm not trying to be on the receiving end of a road rage incident. So share your tips with me. Come on, let me know how you deal with them with the info in our show notes. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new.